insights, interviews, and the latest on all factors influencing the Australian red meat and global trade. This is Meat and Livestock Australia's On The Ground podcast with Josh Anderson. Welcome to 2023 for another year of the On The Ground podcast. We live to fight another day. I hope everyone's had a great Merry Christmas and no doubt already well into the year now for 2023. We've got a great podcast coming up this week. But first, here's the news with Amy Drew. The very latest from our team on the ground. This is MLA News with Amy Drew. Thanks, Josh. Here's the latest from our team on the ground. Well, Australian red meat exports were faced with turbulent global conditions throughout 2022. It was a year of mixed results, with beef exports the lowest since 2003. However, Australian sheep meat exports performed strongly in 2022 with record lamb exports. Let's go through some figures now, starting with beef. And beef exports totaled 850,000 tonnes for the year. That was down 4% from 2021. Export volumes fell in most major markets, with the exception being China, where beef exports rose 7% to 158,000 tonnes for the year. Despite this, high demand led to strong prices for beef exports, prices peaking in June at $12.07 a kilo, and averaging around 11 Australian dollars a kilo for the year to October, meaning that in value terms, Aussie exports had the biggest year since 2019, even as supply was substantially smaller. Those high prices came in the face of some of the strongest competition exporters have seen in our biggest markets. As the US herd liquidation deepened, cheap American beef flooded into Japan and South Korea, giving the US their largest market share in 20 years in both markets. At the same time, Brazilian exports ramped up massively to become the main supplier of beef in China, now solidly the world's largest beef importer. In contrast to beef, Australian lamb exports were up 7% from 2021 to 284,000 tonnes. That's the largest export figure on record. The US and China remain the two largest markets, with exports to the US growing by 6% to 75,000 tonnes and China falling 6% to 52,000 tonnes. These two markets took 45% of total lamb exports and represent huge opportunities in the future, as lamb consumption is still relatively low, especially in the United States. Another key insight into Aussie lamb exports is the increasing diversity of export locations. South Korea and Papua New Guinea were the third and fourth largest export location for the year. Exports in South Korea growing 60% to almost 23,000 tonnes and 68% in PNG to 22,000 tonnes. Like beef, lamb prices were strong for the year, peaking at around $12.17 in June and averaging $11.50 for the year to October. Mutton exports were similar to lamb, growing by 2% for the year to 144,000 tonnes. The main difference was that exports to the five largest markets fell by 4%, mostly due to US exports falling by 23%, while other exports rose by 25%, representing a major diversification of export markets. Well, that's the latest for now. For more insights, you can head to the MLA website, mla.com.au. Back to you, Josh. This is MLA's On The Ground podcast. 
Well, welcome back, listeners, to the first podcast of 2023, and we've got a great episode to kick off the year. I have Scott Cameron, Group Industry and Insights Strategy Manager. That's a mouthful. Scott, you must have changed that recently. And uh, first-timer to the podcast, Miho Kondo, Manager of Market Insights and Adoption. Welcome to 2023. Thank you, Josh. Great to be here. Thanks, Josh. Scott, I think we could talk to you on the last podcast of last year as well. You, you're starting 23 with a bang. Yeah, I am. I think you might have me on hot dial, Josh. <laughs> We're, we're booking, bookending the podcast with you, mate. <laughs> exactly. So today we're going to talk about some recent information that's been uh, launched by the department for you guys and uh, just wanted to have a bit of a chat and go through some of the detail. And I think, Miho, just given that it is your first podcast, tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at MLA. Great. Thank you, Josh. So uh, my name is Miho Kondo. I'm a manager of Market Insights and Adoption Team. Uh, we have a group of uh, Market Insights managers, um, have got the respective markets, uh, looking after trends and consumers and uh, our trade with each market, um, key markets, I should say. And uh, I'm lucky enough to have these great people working with me and um, delivering useful insights to the Australian stakeholders. And we've worked together for many years now, Miho. How long, how long have you been at MLA for? Well, surprisingly, already 15 years. Wow. Congratulations on the 15 years. I know. And thank you. <laughs> uh, and I think just given it is your first podcast, I will give you the honours of the first question this week. We're talking about market snapshots. Just for the listeners that have been li- living under a rock, what is a uh, market snapshot? So the market snapshots are the go-to overview document. For anyone wanting to know more about the uh, red meat and the livestock uh, landscape in key global markets, including Australia. So we have 13 individual reports and we cover both beef and sheep meat, of course, and uh, keep you updated on the most recent insights into consumers and retail, food service and our trading environment, including competitive landscape. So it's really helpful when you are new to the market or even if you are not already familiar with the market because we update the data every year and also we update market access, conditions, uh, trends and um, changing consumer sentiment every year. So it's a good start to 2023. Let's have a quick look back on 2022 looking at the global markets. Scott, what are the top line results of how Australian beef and lamb performed in global markets over 2022? Yeah, sure. I mean, we're in February now, but 2022 seems like uh, a while ago. Oh, brother. We started 2022 with a lot of challenges, if you can recall. So, you know, a lot of markets were recovering from the pandemic. And in addition to that, there were logistics and labour issues, um, as well as economic uncertainties. And and also the rising cost of living was evident in mo- most markets and coupled with um, our tight supply of beef, um, it resulted in Australian beef exports falling by about 4.9% versus 21 from a volume perspective. But we still had some some good volume going through uh, Japan, Korea, China and the US and Indonesia, which were our top markets. But you compare that to Australian sheep meat exports, which were actually up 4.3% as we had more supply and that was matched with strong demand from consumers across key markets such as the US, China, Korea and the Middle East. And also not to mention Australia, which is our, our biggest uh, market. We we also had a solid year, particularly over the last quarter where where we launched our summer ad campaign uh, and has resulted in some, some pretty 
pretty strong demand. Yeah, love that new Aussie lamb campaign. That's a that's a cracker this year. And so, Miho, let's start with the restaurant sector. What's happening with them now since COVID? Uh, yes, Josh. So uh, in general, we see the food service across market has been operating almost back to normal. Um, yes, there are still many challenges, like Scott said earlier, high cost of living and labors and everything. But we've been seeing improving demand for dining out in our major markets, such as Japan and Korea, and the same in China. So talking about China, the majority of our red meat is enjoyed at restaurants in China. So start from fast food, burgers, hot pot, and other casual meat and food, that's one end of the spectrum. And then the other side is a very fine dining outlets where diners can really enjoy premium products like highly marbled Wagyu beef from Australia. So the market sentiment is definitely improving and uh, we expect this to uh, continue with this year's change to China's COVID policy. What about lamb in the US? Yes, so the, uh, we look at many penetration data in the US and it's telling us that more US restaurants are using our lamb. So competition among the restaurants is really intense, as you can imagine, particularly in the US. So the operators are always looking for something different, something point of difference. And many restaurants are reaching out for alarm. So while looking at the data again, imports account about 70% of total sheep meat supply in the US. And out of total imports, we supply about 80%. So any growth in lamb consumption in the U.S. is a great news for us, Josh. And how about consumers? What are the key trends across the markets? With the retail, just like many of us in Australia, being healthy and a convenient product, that demand continues um, in, the, um, in the global market. But what we see is being just healthy and convenient is not quite good enough. So we are seeing this global trend for something a little bit different. Uh, for instance, we um, know there are some greater demands for the greater range of products in the U.S., for instance, like grass-fed, organic, wagyu, lamb, different kind of cuts and different type of product, because we all want something a little bit different after the long and boring time of COVID, right? Similar in Korea, consumers are being a bit more adventurous, so they are trying more different products like burger patties or even tomahawk for barbecue. Because barbecue and picnic getting really popular in Japan and Korea as well. Um, it's just really good thing to do with family and friend. And Australian meat is uh, quite often featured in there. As Scott said, the higher cost of living is tough. But many consumers are actually cooking at home with a bit of um, inspiration to spice things up. So when you look at markets like Middle East, the families normally cook traditional meals at home. But then Western dishes, like Western style recipes and dishes, they're also making a bit more appearance at the, uh, the family home. So uh, families with a little bit higher income are coming to modern supermarkets and butchers looking for premium imported primal cuts like Australian beef and lamb. Looking at ahead, what are the markets to watch? Uh, it's almost like a footy tipping competition in 2023. Scott, let's start with you. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, you know, as in footy competition, all teams are important and, <laughs> and like, you know, that all markets are important as well. And, you know, we do keep a close eye on developments across markets. But if we, we were to select two markets, one is definitely the UK. Um, as the free trade agreement kicks into force that we're expecting um, to happen this year. That'll mean improved access conditions, will, which will definitely support our trade in the market. 
and we expect the food service channel will be the first to embrace our products and, and that'll shortly be followed by retail. Miho, who are you uh, tipping in this year? Yeah, so my tip will be Thailand. It's a um, relatively small volume market for Australian beef, uh, you know, if you compare it with like Japan and Korea and China, but the beef export to Thailand has been showing really amazing growth over the last several years. Another fantastic thing about Thailand is um, the average value is really high because they take good amount of high value cuts. So we had a really good improvement in market access in recent years. So that definitely helped to increase demand um, from Thailand. But also, you know, the demand and popularity of the red Australian red meat from affluent local consumers definitely helped to underpin the demand because country is still sort of recovering from the uh, pandemic and um, tourism is yet to be back 100%. The all-important Australian domestic market, we, we mentioned the fantastic uh, lamb campaign out there at the moment. What do we uh, envisage, Scott, for the domestic market this year? We're envisaging a big market for the domestic market this year, Josh. Um, and, you know, as you mentioned, the um, the domestic market is our largest market for both beef and lamb. Over 30% of beef production volume is consumed in Australia and in sheep meats about 35%. So it's a critical market for us. In, in terms of the sort of emerging trends, again, health, convenience and cost of living, they're sort of at the top of the agenda in Australia. And we sort of talked about that in, in other global markets. But um, the other important aspect for the domestic market that we can't afford to ignore is our changing demographics. Although the pandemic stalled migration over the past couple of years, in the longer term, immigration will continue to be the main driver for Australia's population growth. And interestingly, almost 30% of Australia's residents are born overseas, and India is actually now the second largest source of migrants after England. But in addition, you know, the uh, migration from China and other parts of Asia, as well as other global region will also continue. So, you know, we really need to stay on top of this to ensure that um, we can tailor our red meat offerings at both retail and food service so that we can capture this growing opportunity. That's an amazing statistic that over 30% are born outside Australia. That's a, that's amazing. I, did, I wouldn't have thought that we'd be so heavily reliant on immigration for our population growth. No, exactly. And, and I think, you know, the, the, the changing trend and understanding the different cultural um, relevances for each of the markets is, is so critical for us um, so that we can, you know, really tailor our offerings to, to suit the, um, the, the, those changing demographics. Well, I'm looking forward to the uh, website now. Favourite chef, Sam Burke, bringing some more curries onto his repertoire for recipes to cook, that's for sure. Yeah, they're, they're mouth-watering. I've had a sneak preview and they're, and they're pretty good. Oh, unbelievable. And so I guess lastly, let's finish with you, Scott. The publications coming up from the team in 2023, this is important because we need to make sure that we're getting all those insights out to uh, those that can use them. What have we got coming up for 2023? So those of you, you may have seen the uh, 2023 beef projections, which were released last week. And, and we had a, the team have had a webinar on that. And that webinar is also available for viewing on YouTube. And then we've also got 
the 2023 sheet projections, which are to be released next week. Um, so that'll be hot off the press, as well as the state of the industry, which will be be later in the year. Excellent. i tell you what, I uh, had to listen to that webinar for those beef projections. Those guys really know what they're talking about. Fantastic uh, information and insights for those guys. Fantastic to have you on the first podcast for 2023. Miho, thanks for being on as a first timer. Thank you. And Scott, we'll no doubt finish the year with you. So we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Joe. Looking forward to a great year ahead. This is MLA's On The Ground Podcast. Well, great to talk to the Insights team this week. And certainly I encourage everyone to jump on to have a look at the MLA website, mla.com.au, for the latest insights and also finishing with those projections that we talked about, a fantastic resource that MLA provides. As always, all of the information can be found on the MLA website, mla.com.au, and make sure you subscribe where you get your podcasts. I'm Josh Anderson. Look forward to talking to you in a fortnight. Don't miss an episode of Meat and Livestock Australia's On The Ground podcast. Subscribe now on your podcast player. MLA's On The Ground is produced by thesoundbusiness.com.